Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly Boring Since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Incorporated. PNC Bank, a national association, member FDIC. Tennessee just sounds perfect. Whether that's live music, the crack of a campfire, or kids laughing on an adventure. To start planning your trip, visit tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. Hey, this is Annie. And Samantha. And welcome to Stefan Never Told You, a production of iHeartRadio. And today's episode is going to be a bit shorter. I imagine a bit more conversational, but we'll see, because this is a topic I am well-versed in, Samantha. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> I feel like this might be one of those like fictional characters where I'm going to go, now wait, explain that to me again? That might yes. be what's happening. I think so. And I hope you feel free <laughs> to ask those questions because they are important. Um, and also, this was a bit of a schedule shuffle. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be going to be a bit more on the fly, I guess. Ooh. But I do feel very, very... <laughs> I feel like I could talk about this at length. I've been researching this my entire life. <laughs> You've been waiting for this moment <laughs> your entire life. Yes, I have. I'm about to step into the spotlight just like the Mary Sue often does because that is oh. what... We are talking about today is there it is the Mary Sue and uh, there are going to be very brief spoilers for the new Predator prequel movie Prey, which is on Hulu and I really like. Uh, if you want to check it out, uh, Samantha hasn't seen it, so this is going to be all new to her as well. Yes, yeah. I will go and see it because I've been told that I needed to see it and I had planned on seeing it, but yeah, schedule stuff has mm-hmm. uh, prevented me thus far because when you watch it, you were actually at my house. I was just like, I'm sleepy. Bye. <laughs> and there was a surround sound situation and I was nervous and oh my gosh. <laughs> so you got a whole experience, didn't you? I did. You know, I was thinking the other day... Um, uh, my 16th birthday party, and this should give you kind of a clear view of who I am as a person. I made all my friends watch Predator. <laughs> I loved that movie. Yeah, I've never seen any of them. You know, I I honestly don't go beyond the first one. Unless you really want to see, like, the newer ones ha- are okay. I would not go past the first one with the older ones, personally. <laughs> but I, I think you'll be fine with that. I'm like, I really liked them then. Well, this is supposed to be a prequel, too, so... Yes, this right? is a prequel. But yeah. there's, no, there's no part of it where you're going to be like, oh, gosh, there might be... There's some nods of, oh, that's where that skull might have come from. or But you'd be fine. You don't right. need it. <laughs> Good to know. Yes, yes. So before we get into this, you can 
uh, see our past episodes on fan fiction, the feminism of Star Wars, um, and the Star Wars sequel movies where we all, we talked about the Mary Sue a little bit in all of them. Um, and also a disclaimer, not everyone agrees on the definition of a Mary Sue. And there are some examples people give that I don't always agree with, but we'll go through that as we do this. And I think it's part of the, I think we're working off two different definitions here. The one that's being used in the mainstream, and then the one that I know in my heart from reading fan fiction. <laughs> <laughs> I like that you're reaching for your heart. Uh, yes. The one yes. that is so dear and near to you. Yes. I... We're going to talk about it, but I will defend a Mary Sue. I will defend a Mary Sue. <laughs> um, okay, so what inspired this whole thing is a couple of days ago at this point, so what? where, where are we? Where are we, Samantha? It's August 11th. 11th. August 11th, 2022. Nice. Happy birthday to our friend Ben Bolin of Conspiracy Stuff. Happy birthday, Stuff. Ben. My yeah. nemesis. I haven't seen him or talked to him in a while. I love how it's kind of a one-sided nemesis battle. No, he he said he 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 claimed that as well in his podcast. I don't know which which one. I don't know when, but he's, mm-hmm. he let me know that it has happened. Has it gone <laughs> away a little bit? Yes, because pandemic means I don't see people. And to me, it's still a pandemic. Yes. Oh, yeah. Well, I yeah, I like that there's a lot of questions and vagaries in your nemesis <laughs> relationship, but you have one, and that's what's important. That's what I need. Yes, yes. So a couple of days ago, uh, I saw Mary Sue was trending on Twitter, and I immediately thought, oh, <laughs> this can't be good. And uh, the reason it was trending was because um, a couple of male YouTubers pretty much called the character Naru, played by Amber Midthunder, from... A Prey, the the Predator prequel, A Mary Sue. And then it went viral and people were discussing the term and whether or not she was one, whether or not it was sexist, all of this stuff. And all right, so minor spoilers. The movie follows Naru, who is a young Kamachi woman, on sort of a rite of passage where she stalks, hunts, and ultimately confronts Predator. And if you haven't seen Predator, don't have no idea what that is. Um, Predator is an advanced alien hunter from another planet. So they kind of do the rite of passage thing as well. They've got like, they've got some intense rules about who you can kill and who you can't. But anyway, Predator? Yeah. Okay. You're not supposed to kill anyone who's sick. You're not supposed to kill anyone who's pregnant. You're not supposed to kill children. Um, I can't remember how... Usually they stick to those rules. I'm sure there's examples where they did it, but in general, they do. Uh, They're very, like, scary-looking. A lot of fan fiction written about Predator, actually. (laughs) According to my friend Katie, I've never read it, but she told me about it. Uh... And I saw I saw somebody dressed as Predator at Dragon Con once, and I literally ran away because he scared me. He was so big. <laughs> um, but anyway, okay, okay, I'm getting away from the point. Uh, Naru in this movie uh, was able to succeed uh, where many men had failed in hunting him, and this, she did this after she had observed him. She learned his skills and weaknesses, and then ultimately exploited those weaknesses. But uh, these YouTubers in question uh, believed that there's no way she could have defeated Predator as a woman. Um, And they also went into critiques about her body type. It was really gross. The whole thing was pretty gross. Mm. And yeah, just by the way, this movie uh, broke streaming records and is highly acclaimed. Uh, Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. All right. But these guys weren't happy. They thought she was a Mary Sue, which brings us to the question, what exactly is a Mary Sue? 
And we have talked about this before in um, past episodes. I know you had never heard it. I think the first time I brought it up, Samantha. I know um, the literal Mary Sue, which is like characters in the past where like Mary Sue is a song. Oh. That's Peggy Sue. That's Peggy Sue. That's a okay. lot. Let me try that again. <laughs> Mary Sue was a character in a movie. I forgot what movie it was. So that's where I'm like, uh, oh, it's this. No? Okay, never mind. Yes. We were coming from different backgrounds and understandings. Yes, yes, yes. Um, Okay, well, the term Mary Sue was first coined in a Star Trek fanzine in 1973 by Paula Smith. You can still find it. It's closely related to terms like manic pixie dream girl and the cool girl, but in its original use, it was satire. And if I'm remembering correctly, it was this blonde, uh, beautiful woman... Uh, who starts working on the Enterprise and every man is just like drooling at her and she's talking about how she doesn't think she's beautiful. I might be making that part up, but that's a very common trope about the Mary Sue. That's the pixie manic dream girl type of level for sure. Yes, 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 yes. And I'm going to talk more about why I think that might be, but all right, okay. So Mary Sue's don't always check all of these boxes, but here are a few common attributes. Usually, they're essentially a fantasy placeholder character. Um, Someone, usually a woman, who is mostly perfect, lacks flaws, lacks depth, maybe is kind of boring or bland, typically viewed as an idealized version of the author, the world, or a universe revolves around them. They are, capital I, important. If I had to expound on it, and this is where I think we're going into the two definitions that we're using territory, She's usually beautiful, she's sweet, she's charming, she's shy, she's clumsy, powerful, brave, loved by everyone except maybe her abusive family. She's even loved by, like, the enemies, um, her own enemies. She has multiple suitors, but doesn't necessarily know it, doesn't necessarily know she's beautiful. She has the most lovely singing voice. (laughs) Always, that is a surprise. Oh my goodness, listen to her sing. And she's too shy to do it at first, but then... The confidence comes. But yeah, that might be more of a fan fiction one. Uh, and I I do think that that is different than the mainstream description people are using, and I'm going to talk about that later. Um, there are some complications with these definitions. One thing is like natural talent or something like magic or the force that might make you more naturally talented at things and isn't always consistent to say the least. Like, if you try to make it make sense, probably won't make sense. Um, And natural talent versus training is something that gets thrown around a lot in this discussion, but it seems we're far more likely to believe men have natural talent as compared to women. Critiques about bad writing is a different thing and is also a totally valid thing, but a lot of times when the term Mary Sue starts getting thrown around in the mainstream, it is coming from a sexist place. And also, I would just like to point out a good portion of mainstream so-called Mary Sues are written by male writers, mm-hmm. which is something to think on. And also, a lot of women just aren't given the complexity, both in character and storylines, as male characters are. So that is also something to keep in mind. If you're curious, there is a male equivalent, the Gary Sue or Marty Stew, but You might have noticed uh, that these names have not gone mainstream. Occasionally, male characters are called Mary Sue's, but it's pretty rare, even though there are plenty of male characters that qualify based on the definition used in the mainstream, which I would say is pretty much an everyman character, 
are just like the main character could probably be a Mary Sue <laughs> by this definition that they are using. There is a website, the Mary Sue, um, and they are part of uh, some work to reclaim this term. And they released an article addressing everything we're talking about a few days ago, and specifically this whole thing with Naru and Prey um, that you should check out if you haven't already. But they have a, a, a nice section where they're like, we are proud of our name, Mary Sue. It's like, yes, you are. <laughs> yes. Um, so I did want to go over some popular examples. And the big one in our more recent times is Ray from the Star Wars sequel trilogy. Uh, people like to say, oh, she was able to use the force so quickly. She didn't have, like, any training. She beat Kylo Ren, but I'm also like, so did Finn, um, by the way. <laughs> um, she got so powerful so quickly. Um, and this was such a big critique thrown at this character that the actor who plays her, Daisy Ridley, um, once said, there's no such thing as a Ryan Craig, and she called the whole thing sexist. Mm -hmm. um, and I, as I've said many times, maybe Kylo Ren just sucks. I don't know why we're so <laughs> quick to assume she's like so good against him because he's so good. Maybe he's not good. <laughs> yeah. Maybe both are true at once. I don't know. It is possible that she is more naturally talented. It is. Or that she worked harder or both. And a lot of people compare her to Luke Skywalker and they're always like, well, Luke uh, failed a lot, essentially, is what they say. <laughs> um, and he sometimes he sometimes gets called a Mary Sue. Some people think he got good real quick. Uh, in that article I just mentioned from the Mary Sue, uh, they called him My Dramatic Prince, which I loved. But yes, on the other hand... Some people are like, but, you know, he failed hard in Empire Strikes Back and maybe in Return of the Jedi because some people think... Darth Vader let him win that fight. I don't know. Uh, he needs rescuing more than Leia and definitely more than Rey does. But Rey still struggled with darkness. She struggled with connecting with the Force. Um, she struggled with her own trauma. And again, we can argue about whether the writing or characterization wasn't there, especially with shifting stories and directors. If it's just that we give male characters a lot more leeway, all of those things, I think... And also, I do think it's worth mentioning there. I know I talked about it in our episode on the Star Wars sequels, but there is, I call it force creep, where technology has advanced to the point that characters can be more visually powerful. So they might look more powerful because now they can do more stuff to make them look more powerful. Um, and also, yes, nostalgia does make people very protective of these characters from their childhood. But it's, I was thinking about this. I feel like it's kind of reductive, though, um, because it's almost always a woman being compared to what a man can do or did, because almost always the comparisons are done with newer women who are introduced into these properties against a fan favorite man. Um, another big example, Arya Stark. Um, <laughs> somebody recently told me I should, like, issue spoilers for Game of Thrones. I feel like Game of Thrones has been around long enough. Wow, really? Yes. She was very firm about it. I was like, okay. Well, oh, have they not watched any of it and they just they are had. saving it for she, later? <laughs> she had, but she was saying somebody else might not have. And I was like, huh. Like the new kids coming up and coming who had like been 10, I guess, when it I started. Guess. And now they can watch it. <laughs> oh, no. 
<laughs> oh, I mean, why? But that's, no shade, no shade to that. No, but that's surprising as like. Well, if you don't want to be spoiled on Game of Thrones, then you can get it out. It does for not a end well. People still have a better taste in their mouth about it. How about that? It's true. I mean, that yeah. maybe that's. Yeah, we should come back and talk about that. That'd be interesting. Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Snagajob. Snagajob is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On-demand, temp to hire, part-time, or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer... Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With their easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. Visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242-424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly Boring Since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Incorporated. PNC Bank National Association, member FDIC. All right, so you've got these kind of big villains, the Night King, the White Walkers, throughout the series. Arya Stark is the one that eventually kills the Night King. Yeah, yeah. Um... People, and mostly men, were like, nope, no way. She could not have done it. That is impossible. I do not buy for a second that Arya did it. It's just them trying to appease the social justice warriors. Um, by Which is funny because why would they that yeah. do that? No, I know. I don't know why they think this is what we want. For social justice. <laughs> we want a fictional character to end a fictional bad guy, and that's uh-huh. going to solve all of our problems, and we're going to be so satisfied with that. Yeah, we'll finally, like, all right, we're good we'll now. We'll be quiet now. <laughs> they did it. Arya Stark had her moment very brief. Wonderful. It was cool. A but... moment for all women out there. Yes. Yay. Yes, and then we go back away. Um, that actually is a big argument, and I am going to talk about that more later, that it's just companies, like, bowing to the pressure of feminism. Right. But I, like, did we watch the same show her whole yeah, she arc? she suffered her, the entire time. That's, 
in her training, like yes. wanting to be trained and to be a soldier. That was her whole intent in her entire life. Went down a really dark path and cannot come out of it because she knows she is really broken. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and is why she travels by herself. Yes, her whole thing. Like from the very first episode, she was like, teach me how to fence. I want to be a fighter. I want to be a soldier. That was her whole thing. Right. Like, <laughs> and to just dismiss it as, oh, that's impossible. No, she did my, day and night training for ye- for a few years, even doing yeah. it blind. I feel like, again, mm-hmm. yeah, with you on this one. I was like, were we not watching the same show? Because she suffered to be better. Yes, yes. And everyone was like, it should have been Jon Snow. And I was like, you just like Jon Snow and you don't like that Arya got there first. And she right. did. Um, right. <laughs> that's too bad for you. <laughs> that's so sad. Like, Jon Snow's... I mean, to be fair, his character was built up to be nothing. True. <laughs> In the end, you're like, wait, he just goes back? Yeah. That's it? Well, okay. Ooh, yeah. This huge prophecy of him being king and ruler and the, the you know, the the snow to the, the, the ice to the fire. I, yeah. I guess this is yeah. how it goes. Do you just both lose? Is that what goes? <laughs> no what one happens? wins. <laughs> <laughs> no one wins. That's just the moral of the story. But right. yeah, no, come on. It's okay. It is. It is. Another big one is Jenny Weasley, which I find very fascinating because I think she, you know, you only get like snippets of her story. Right. But there's still this idea of like no way she could be that powerful because she's always kind of described as someone who could do like these hexes and charms so well. But isn't that the whole point of the magic was that some people are just naturally able to do so? And when it yeah. comes to magic, Sorry, sorry to those out there, but um, it's not a thing. <gasps> Samantha. <laughs> I know. And so to characterize as if you are an expert and pretend mm-hmm. to know how this would work mm-hmm. is odd. It is. It's, and territorial because you're just yeah. angry it didn't go your way. <laughs> yeah. People do get really... I've I've been in kind of surprise arguments with people about like magic and how magic works or how the forest works and I'm like yeah. they don't even they've changed that story a million times in Star Wars like I <laughs> right. I don't know is it some parasite in your blood or is it just I mean, the thing that happens <laughs> well it's, yeah it literally was like may the force be with you the force is strong in this one I mean those seems to seem to implicate that there is a measure of natural ability yes yes in someone now, was that the original intent of Ray? I don't know. Everybody's mm-hmm. very confused. So <laughs> that's a little more arguable. Right. Maybe. But the Jenny Weasley line was always that, that she was powerful from jump, from the right. very beginning. When she, she was, was like, taken over by Tom Riddle, she kind of had a connection because yeah. she was that strong. That's what they he, she implied. We will not name the author who did this, but <laughs> mm-hmm. in the book, we see that she is really powerful. Maybe that's the confusion. I, and I think she was, wasn't she, the, she was the seventh child of like, she had a lot going Yeah. Uh, to explain this. But again, she's not like, I find this one interesting because she's not the main character. So this is proving to me it's it's both... But people want to hate her because she got together with Harry. Uh, yes. And they didn't feel it was right. So they found every reason to not like her. Well, that's why I think this one is more slightly more complicated than the other examples on here because most everyone else we're going to talk about or have talked about has been more of a man saying Mary Sue. Ginny Weasley also 
intersects with young girls hating the hetero woman that ended up right. with a guy that they liked, that they had a crush right. on. Right. And so I wonder if that's publicity. And I say this in this one ideal that they built up Emma Watson to be the the protagonist, the woman, the leading woman mm-hmm. in this leading character in this uh, story who mm-hmm. doesn't get together with Harry. But in public, like publicly, she came out as like chic and stylish and became like uh, yeah. became a model and became an icon. But they, for the actress who played Jeannie Weasley, we didn't see her anything outside of the young girl because there was no real growth for her other than right. here she is, she's grown. <laughs> and yeah, so it's really and now hard she's to, like, sexy. <laughs> right. Like, you're like, it's really hard to, like, not right. see that because we didn't, I, maybe in London, maybe in England, it was different. Mm-hmm. Like, I know, I know there's a lot of paparazzi and stuff in yeah. England, but they still seem to have a more of a private life. A lot of, especially in the UK, like a little more of a private life for celebrities. I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. But seeing that she didn't really grow into that stardom, maybe we were not able to see her grow up outside of the movie before, which was four years earlier, which was, right. which was significantly younger. So it was hard for mo- a lot of people to understand this development. Right. Yeah, and I also think um, a friend of mine asked me the other day, because I was saying, like, when I was reading, growing up reading fan fiction, people hated Jenny Weasley. <laughs> they hated her. Um, Jenny mm-hmm. bashing was like a tag. Um, Rude. And I, I said, you know, I don't. Th- I think it's a largely because, and I could be wrong, but I think it's largely younger girls um, who had a crush on Harry Potter or Daniel Radcliffe or what have you, and didn't like her. And th- there's more I could expound on, but I'm not going to because that'd be a separate podcast about um, some people really just don't like the Weasley family. But anyway, oh, who doesn't like the Weasley family? Oh gosh, Samantha, we are going to have to have a sidebar off of the okay. podcast. No, oh, it's Lord. kind of the whole like Slytherin was wrong, r- done wrong that that exists in fan fiction. But anyway, Uh-oh. anyway, <laughs> so I was I was saying, yeah, I think because they had a crush on Harry Potter, weren't happy with Jenny Weasley, and she was she asked me if Leia and Luke had ended up together because Leia is pretty much loved throughout fan fiction, do you think the same thing would have happened? And I had to pause, and I was like, I don't think so. But I think they're very different properties also, because you're... Harry Potter, for a lot of people, you were aging with it, whereas Star Wars was just a thing that was sort of done. You saw it when you were a kid, and it was stayed the same, and you always knew the thing. But I do think that's an interesting point it was to think on, because I think that is a part of this. Gosh, I, I have so many thoughts, but Lily Potter is often given as an example of a Mary Sue as well, which again, you don't really know much about her. You don't see much of her. So I find that interesting. She was very talented from the jump. Yep. Yep. (laughs) I'm very confused by these arguments. I know. I know. And that brings us to Naru. Uh, So in in the movie Prey, her whole thing was training. It was kind of like Arya Stark. The, the, The whole movie. That was the thing. She was on her ride of passage, and she had right. been training. She continued to train. She was very observant. She knew how to hunt. She watched him. She figured out the best way to fight him. And and again, I did see this argument that it is only to satisfy SJWs. That's the whole reason her character exists. Like, and so she's faulty automatically because she was just done as a way to appease SJWs. Ah, <sighs> oof. Um, 
So, which again, who is asking? I know. <laughs> I know this is like a rhetorical thing, but I'm like, wh- why do you think? Don't get me wrong, we want representation, mm-hmm. and for the love of God, I think more people were happy by the fact that there was a native uh, indigenous woman playing a character that was fierce. Like to see that, as well as the fact people were so excited about the fact that the Comanche language was being used. Uh, to help translate this movie. So, we, you know, like dubbing it in that way and that this is the first time in a long time that this has been able to acknowledge a language as being used for a large motion picture. Like, I don't understand. That's the representation we want to see. It's not about a girl fighting <laughs> an alien. Uh-huh. Do we want them to be on top? Absolutely. Yeah. Do we want to be able to show that they were t- trained to do things? Yes, of course. Yeah. Um, so I'm really confused by this level of like, it's just seemed to be... Uh, a niche word for for people to get angry at and yeah. to move on and to be like this is why and everybody like yeah absolutely I agree with you and we're like for those who want, are seeking representation it's not about what's ha- like that they're in a that they've become the hero we love that mm-hmm. but the actual representation and being in a positive light is what <laughs> is the right. difference and yes we want gender for sure but I love that it's a Native woman being represented and getting her accolades. Like, people are loving her performance, getting so many, like, things. Her being shouted out as, you know, the original women icons like Sigourney Weaver and Linda Hamilton, who were in both uh, Terminator and then also in Alien, knowing that these were fierce women who figured out their environment and saved lives. Yes, and... I, yeah, when I was watching it at your place with the surround sound, I remember thinking, like, she is so cool. She was just doing all this stuff, and I was, like, so impressed. (laughs) (laughs) And um, I do want to expound on your point. Why is this happening? What is going on? (laughs) Um, And one of the big things I think is, for so long, so much entertainment has been white men, dominant, and I feel like their argument here is stay in your lane. Like, I've, I'm used to this. I feel like you are coming in and you're asking for too much. And that's the only reason companies are doing it is because you're complaining and you're ruining whatever I love. It's like, it, it feels to me, it's like some people, and especially white men, um, just cannot fathom a woman being the main character or being the hero, because they don't see it often, and it just breaks their brain. And they're like, oh God, mm-hmm. this isn't right. Something is wrong here. The only reason she is here is as some like pity thing that a company is doing to get points. <laughs> um, she has to be the damsel in distress for the man to save. She has to be the sexual object for men to oogle at. Like, why is... What are they doing? <laughs> what I feel are like, they doing? I feel like that's... I feel like that's a big part of it. I feel like there's also this idea that women can be badass, but only on the side and sexily. <laughs> sexily. <laughs> I think so. Don't you Sexily. Think? I like this. I like mm-hmm. this. Men can never be weaker. They can never be wrong when compared to women. That is not correct in the minds of these people that are so angry. I've literally heard people call someone a Mary Sue because she was funny. And women cannot be funny. So she's a Mary Ever. Sue. <laughs> Ever. Right. And so that brings us to the other thing I think is going on, um, which I hope it's clear, but this is, I don't believe these things. This is the arguments I'm hearing. Um, there's no way a woman 
could be better than a man. And a lot of the stuff that came out about Arya, that came out about Naru, were biological slash physical arguments. Like, she's too small. She can't... There's no way... Again, I would argue we don't do that with men ever. Like, even if they might be kind of the same mm-hmm. stature, we mm-hmm. never do it. There's plenty of movies about children that are male doing similar things. Like, we just don't see that. And also, this whole idea, like, we didn't see them training enough. That comes up a lot, too, as I said. And I think it's pretty telling because, for one, women are so rarely the main character. So, yes, in the case of Jenny Weasley, yeah, we don't see her training because she's not the main character. Um, right. But even beyond that, it feels very much like how we expect women to be far more overqualified for success and we have to prove, prove that we are. And even when there is proof, even when there's so much training, the whole plot of Prey, the whole thing with Arya and Game of Thrones... That is not enough. That is not enough. And it again, it's a we just don't hear that critique against male characters. We assume James Bond is going to be competent. We just assume. We don't have to see the training montage. Some movies might do it, but in general, it's James Bond. We assume. We don't I had that. that question for the gray man, which you and I have talked about before. This dude comes from jail, trains for four or five years, and is a perfect assassin. I'm like, mm-hmm. is that how that goes? <laughs> is that how that goes? Yes. I mean, there's certainly, as I said, some writing choices that maybe don't work or aren't the best. But some movies just aren't about that part of it, you know? Like, I don't know. This episode is brought to you by Snagajob. Snagajob is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, temp to hire, part-time, or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer... Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With their easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. Visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242-424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly Boring Since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Incorporated. PNC Bank, a national association, member FDIC. The state of Tennessee is one of the few places where the sounds are just as breathtaking as the sights. Whether that's live music at a historic music venue, the crack of an open fire at a campsite in the wilderness, or hearing kids laughing as they explore what's right around the bend, Tennessee just sounds perfect. Start planning your trip at tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. So as I've been alluding to throughout this whole thing, I do 
I often get confused when I hear people use the term Mary Sue in the mainstream because it is so far away from what I understand it and what I have understood it to mean as someone who grew up reading fan fiction. Like, if you use that term and you've never read fan fiction, like, as a man, I want to be like, I have some stories I want you to read, and then I want (laughs) you to tell me if you're going to use Mary Sue again. (laughs) Because I have read some absolutely terrible, just terrible Mary Sue stories. Like, you can't even... I just can't even put it into words sometimes. Mm. Um, and I I don't... I think that's totally natural, especially as a young writer. I, I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with it. When people use it in the mainstream, to me, what it feels like is they're using it for just a woman who is a hero or the every woman character. Mm. And yeah, heaven forbid there's any other intersection within that, but... It doesn't, a lot of times it doesn't make sense to me. It does not, my brain is like, wait, what are you talking about? Ray is a Mary Sue? <laughs> Have you read? <laughs> I, I won't even say the name of the story. It would be terrible. Um, but there's a famous one. <laughs> okay. But I will give it an example of my own. I wrote a Mary Sue growing up. I'm pretty sure I've talked about it, where I could sing and I had a beautiful voice. I could play the guitar. Like, no one could play the guitar. I was so emo and so sad, but also so beautiful. And I saved Billy Joe Armstrong's life. Yep. And I think, I, I'm pretty sure they were like, would you please be in the band Green Day with us? You are the best. And that is a Mary Sue. In my opinion, that is a true Mary Sue it helped me work through some stuff. I would never claim it was good writing, but it served its purpose. And yeah. then in middle school, I wrote a fan fiction about a Jedi. It wasn't really a fan fiction. It was an original story, I guess. No, it was both. It was kind of a mix. And this Jedi was named Terra Polaris, and she was the best Jedi ever. That's it. She was the best. And I dressed okay. up as her at Halloween, and I told everyone who asked me, oh, are you Obi-Wan Kenobi? I was like, nope. I am Tara Polaris, who is way better than Obi-Wan Kenobi. <laughs> All right, then. <laughs> yes. And on top of that, like, a part of the fun of writing fan fiction is that it doesn't necessarily have to be, from a critical standpoint, good. But I also think it's worth questioning who gets to decide what good is anyway. But yeah, it can be... Fan fiction can be something that doesn't make any sense or is hasty or gets to the point everyone wants to without doing all the work to do it. But it's free. And we're already entering a sandbox where a lot of the work is done. It's a hobby. Don't get me wrong. I have read some fan fiction. Even fan fiction with Mary Sue's. It's better than a lot of the stuff I'm seeing. Um, But it doesn't have to be that. It doesn't have to be that. And I also think, like, we have a very long history that we've talked about a lot on the show of making fun of teenage girls and things that they like. And using the term Mary Sue which does come from fan fiction, which is largely written by young girls, women, and marginalized folks. Using that term as a dismissive insult for anything that's bad or unbelievable um, for a character that couldn't possibly be that good, I think that's pretty telling. Mm -hmm. You are dreaming if you think you could be the main character or the star. It's just not possible. You're silly for thinking it. That seems to be kind of intertwined through when people use that I think that is part of what is going on and what they're thinking and yeah like I said I can defend a Mary Sue in my opinion young girls or even women writing Mary Sue's that just makes sense to me it's nice to write a story where everyone loves you (laughs) 
yes. and you're good at everything, even if you're a bit clumsy, or there's some endearing trait uh, that is a flaw in heavy quotes. It's nice to think that you're beautiful and desired and important. And to me, writing something like that in the face of all of this harmful and toxic messaging that we get about our bodies um, and about what we can be, um, that just makes sense to me. It just makes sense. It's one way of coping with all of that and trying to convince yourself that you are worthy and lovable and all of those things, even if it's a struggle for you to believe it. And I do think there is an aspect of needing validation from others involved in it, but that also makes sense to me. Is it the healthiest thing? Not necessarily, but I think it makes sense and I th- hopefully you can like write it and sort of grow from that. Mm-hmm. And Mary Sue's can be great, fun characters. Um, even in even in this mainstream way, if we could remove the sexism, like men don't have to be like they, they can have quote bad movies and they're fun and enjoyable, but women, you one and done. Um, <laughs> if you have one movie that doesn't do so great at the box office, and even then, too bad. But yeah, I find it though the sexist, dismissive way it's used in the the mainstream media pretty gross and harmful and in my opinion, incorrect. I I think stories can have a Mary Sue and still be enjoyable and worthwhile. I think we've been enjoying them with male characters for a long time and have said nothing, have complained not once about it. Or even if we do, we're like, well, that movie didn't have the best character development, but I liked it as opposed to, that's a Mary Sue and it's useless. Maybe, maybe. A Mary Sue is just someone who is good at what she does. <laughs> Whether in the fictional or the real world, maybe it's about time we do reclaim this. Um, and, you know, sometimes it's just a story asking the audience to suspend our disbelief and have fun, which, again, is something we've done a long time for male characters, but seem to want to refuse to do for women. And that's my soapbox. Um <laughs> I have a lot of thoughts about the Mary Sue. Um, but yeah, I think there is a lot going on here. And I I guess my overall like TLDR is when people use it in the mainstream media, what they mean is just a main character who is a woman a lot right. of times. And that's it. Who has some abilities. End of story. Yep. So thank you for hearing me out. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Yes. Can I go watch it now? Yes. Yes, yes, yes. It was fun. I promise not to annoy you about how I can speak a little bit of French. Uh, only one more I time. I got a text about it last I night, did. so I, I don't believe you, and <laughs> I, I loved try- it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to try my best. <laughs> um, yes, well, thank you as well, listeners, as always. And we would love to hear from you. Uh, you can email us at stephaniamomstuff at iheartmedia.com. You can find us on Twitter at momstuffpodcast or on Instagram at Stuff I Never Told You. Thanks, as always, to our super producer, Christina. Uh, one of the best. One of the absolute best. And thanks to you for listening. Stuff I Never Told You is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, you can listen to the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands. 
not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly boring since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group Incorporated. PNC Bank, a national association, member FDIC. Tennessee just sounds perfect. Whether that's live music, the crack of a campfire, or kids laughing on an adventure. To start planning your trip, visit tnvacation.com. Tennessee, sounds perfect. This episode is brought to you by Pedigree. If you've been looking for love at first sight, it is closer than you think. It can be found at your local shelter. So this June 7th to 9th, join the Pedigree Adoption Drive and the Pedigree brand will reimburse your dog adoption fees nationwide. Pedigree knows that bringing a dog into your home not only opens their heart, it can open yours too. Visit pedigree.com slash adoption dash drive to learn more about the adoption drive and to see full terms and conditions.